Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the um, uh, we're going to be talking about the WWE uh, the WWE pay per view or event known as Crown Jewel. Um, it's the fourth annual Crown Jewel, and this was the uh, event that takes place uh, over the um, over the um, over in Saudi Arabia. You know, this was during the whole deal. They wanted to bring back Crown Jewel's been the 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 event that they've had over there. They've been doing this for yeah. This is the this one marks the fourth. So for the past four years, they've been having events over there in uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, everything uh, like that. So this this pay-per-view was a little bit different. The hype behind it, you saw some big matches and everything like that, but the hype behind it was always a little bit iffy for me because you kind of, out of all the shows that come out on the WWE schedule, this is probably the most predictable one um, because you know who's going to win and you know who's not going to win because based on what they had over there, so, you had, the opening match was Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, which I thought was incredible. The That was a great way for Lesnar to kind of come back, but this match was just really, really a heavy-hitting brawl, and this was probably the first time, I think in a long time, where they made Lesnar look vulnerable. Um, you know, the match didn't last very long, but uh, uh, it was still a, a heavy-hitting brawl between Lesnar and Lashley. And uh, hopefully it's still kind of, it did what it was supposed to do to kind of put asses in the seats and kind of sell out, you know, have a big match on the marquee and everything like that. But, you know, it was saying something that that's, that, that's how they were going to start the show, Lesnar and Lashley. You know, it, it still made Lesnar, it made Lesnar look good, it made Lashley look good as well. Lashley still continuing his somewhat of a hero, which I'm not sure where they're going to go with it, but... Um, it was good to see that, you know, Lesnar and Lashley were going to be the opening match. After that, we had Damage Control versus uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka for the tag team titles, which Dakota Kai and Io, and Io Sky won. Um, but, I don't know, this match felt, this match also kind of felt iffy to me. Because it's like, why would you put the titles on Alexa and Asuka like last week or the week of the pay-per-view only for them to lose it at the actual event. I mean, I don't think this little feud between the the Damage Control and Alexa and Asuka is really kind of starting to wear thin a little bit because it's not really going anywhere, if that makes sense. Like, you don't really see it breaking off. It's like they came in with Bailey at SummerSlam and they were supposed to, it was supposed to lead off to something and everything like that. And... You know, we'll get more we'll get more to Bailey and, and Bianca Belair later on, but this match was just kind of all over the place and it didn't really make sense. Like it it, it feels like they're starting to lose focus on what the initial run for damage control, which is what they're called now, um, is supposed to be. I spoke about it last time. I I don't remember what I know they're gonna they're called something. I'm just not sure what they're gonna be called. And like women factions are not necessarily have relatively or historically good runs so to speak and uh everything like that because like the riot squad and um like the uh pages evolution they they started off pretty good but then eventually they ended up breaking up for some reason or whatever 
the case may be. But overall, this was it's a good match. It's just from a storytelling aspect, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, uh, then we had the steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Um, Drew McIntyre kind of getting the win was a good enough kind of to 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 end the feud between him and Cross, but. This is a good feud, and I thought this was a good, like I said in the last one, it's a good way for Karrion Cross to come back and really kind of mix it in and really kind of reestablish himself in the WWE. And, you know, hopefully this puts him on par to be in the upper salons of not necessarily the mid-card, but, like, he can be on the top of the mid-card or, like, the bottom of the main event picture. Like, I don't see him, I don't see Cross, you know, main eventing the next pay-per-view or being in a championship match anytime soon, but... The future does look bright for him. And, uh, of course, Drew McIntyre is still proving that he's still a fucking hoss. And he's still the chosen one, even though Vince McMahon is not in charge anymore. So, hopefully, you know, these two guys can go their separate ways now because their rivalry is starting to get a little bit complacent. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with um, Karrion Cross moving forward. Uh, next up, we have the Judgment Day versus the OC. Um... I was very surprised. Like, I remember during the match, Michael Cole had made the comment that they, they mentioned the Bullet Club. And I was like, wow, they really went there because, you know, Finn Balor started the Bullet Club and everything like that. They kind of got that rich history in there and, uh, you know, to say the right things. But I was just surprised that that's how far they were going to go with it. But this was kind of an underwhelming match because every time somebody goes against the New Day, I mean, not the New Day, the Judgment Day, they don't have an answer for Rhea Ripley, and that's what's kind of becoming the problem now. It's like it didn't. It worked when it was Edge and them because they had Beth Phoenix, but we haven't seen them since um, the last pay per view, since Extreme Rules for whatever reason, and everything like that. Now they're trying to go after AJ Styles. AJ Styles brings back the original, um, you know, the the OCs basically. And everything like that, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, but it's like unless they find some type of some type of foil for for Rhea Ripley, the Judgment Day are gonna win all of their matches, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Finn Balor's a great heel, you know he can work, he plays off of it great. Damian uh, uh, Damian Priest is really good as like the enforcer because he was the he's kind of like the big guy of the group. Dominic Mysterio, I don't really understand why they put him with that group because, you know, the promo he cut where, you know, he's this generation's Eddie Guerrero, and I was like, that's a bit much, you know, and everything like that. But his in-ring skill is getting better, I will say that, but I don't think it's ready for prime time. He's not going to be the – I don't think he's going to be – the breakout star of that group. And to be honest, I think the breakout star of that group is probably either going to be Damian Priest or Rhea Ripley. But, like, unless they have a female to take out Rhea Ripley, the the Judgment Day is always going to win. And it's like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. They can't bring anybody back. There's rumors that, you know, Charlotte Flair is coming back. I don't know if she's actually going to get involved with their... You know, but Charlotte Flair was on SmackDown, so that didn't really make a whole lot of sense either. You know, but like I said, man, the the, the Judgment Day's kind of run their course. So uh, unless they find a good, t- unless they put together a good team to go up against the Judgment Day, which includes a female to handle Rhea Ripley, but um, 
you know, the Judgment Day is just going to keep on barreling through everybody as much as they can. Uh, next up, we got Braun Strowman versus Omos. This match was just two fucking guys that were, you know, they're trying to be the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. You know, it was basically like Andre the Giant versus Big John Studd. And I think Jim Cornette uh, had said it best one time when he says, when you have a, a, a big hulking brute going up against another hulking brute, nobody's going to pay to see that because somebody has to look vulnerable. Somebody has to look weak. And yeah, they tried to do that with Braun Strowman, but he's the guy that's supposed to throw the smaller guy around. He can't be in there with another big guy because it won't make a whole lot of sense. Now, there's exception to the rules. Like, Undertaker Kane works because both of those guys are workhorses. They can actually get over, and they're smooth in the ring. You know, uh, Mark Henry, Big Show work because those guys are fucking professionals, and despite their size. But Braun Strowman works to an extent. Almost doesn't. Almost is not going to take bumps. You know, almost is not going to take, you know, arm drags and everything like that. He's not going to do that really at all. He's the guy that throws people around. And to be honest, this match kind of was, it was tough to sit through. It was like less than 10 minutes to watch. But at the same time, you could tell both these guys were gassed within like the first five minutes of the match. So, you know, that match went according to plan and it did what it was supposed to do. Um, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think it was something that Braun Strowman coming back to the WWE should have gotten involved with. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. And we'll see what happens. With, I'm glad that Braun is back. But, you know, I just want to see what, where else, what else they can do with him. And almost has got to get something going because he works to an extent. Like, he, he worked fine with AJ Styles. But then when they moved him away... It didn't really work out the way they thought it was going to, and I gotta, I gotta say that that's a Vince McMahon thing, and it really didn't work. So hopefully they can find something for him to do, which I think they will, because you know they're 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 getting they're getting they're going places with all these guys coming back and with almost fighting off these Ham and Eggers, you know, four on one trying to prove a point. That's not really the point. That's not really the way you get over a big guy like that. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we got the tag team championship match. It was the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. This match, we knew for a fact that they were going to do it because if anybody is going to break the New Day record or if anybody's going to stop the Usos from breaking the New Day's record, it's probably going to be the New Day. So I would have been very surprised if the Brutes would have won that match. But, you know, you know, the, and, uh, but. I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the Usos to be a dominant tag team. And to be honest, them and the New Day, they're probably the most dominant tag teams we've seen in a long time, probably since the Attitude Era. Because we had some good ones in that Brutal's Aggression Era and then the PG Era, but no, nothing really to this extent. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I would like to see another uh, Usos-New Day rivalry because their rivalries have always been good. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And then the idea that Jay Uso is wrestling with uh, a broken wrist or something like that, you know, that remains to be seen. And, you know, I'm I'm assuming that now, because the Usos won this match, they're going to fight the New Day uh, on Friday night. And, you know, maybe I got this, I got this burning feeling that the New Day are probably going to win that match and, you know, cut them off on their incredible run as tag team champions. But who knows? And then, of course, we got the last woman standing match between Bianca Belair and Bailey. This match really looked kind of shy to me. Like, and what I mean by that is, like, they really didn't, like, the spots that they tried to do with, like, the golf cart was involved, 
you know, when Bianca tried to hit her finisher and it looked like Bailey and legit, you know, moved the chair into the wrong spot. Her knee hits it. You know, all these spots that the women were trying to do in this match really, really kind of goes to show you that, you know, it was like they tried to make it up on the fly rather than kind of be, be have the wherewithal. I don't think that this is, I don't think this was a bad match, but I think the match went on a lot longer than it should. And you kind of saw the, the, the flaws and faux pas in their match. They wanted to have a hard-hitting match in Saudi Arabia, but I don't think the audience really bought into that. And then you could totally tell that they were kind of out of the match when, you know, uh, when the girls were messing up their spots and things like that. They tried to get the fans over. Like, I remember when that golf cart came out, I was like, oh, shit. You know, it's going to be one of those. And I thought it was going to be like this crazy finish because, you know, the rivalry between Bianca and Bailey is... It, it, it's gone on as long as it could. Hopefully at Survivor Series, it kind of comes to an end, but, you know, we'll see what happens because I don't know how much longer I can take, you know, watching these two go at it. And it's not becoming repetitive and it's not becoming uh, unwatchable. It's just that I don't think they have as much chemistry as the WWE wants them to have. Bailey's a great heel. Bianca is a great... Is is great as the as the heroic champion that you can like get behind, but for some reason these two girls don't have that much that much chemistry amongst each other, and everything like that. But you know, I have nothing but respect for Bianca Belair. I think she needs a real opponent, and I would love to see Bianca go up against uh, Charlotte Flair because really put her to the test in a sense like that. But we'll see what happens. The rumors of Sasha Banks and Naomi still are circulating that they're they're going to make their return. Probably at Survivor Series, but, you know, that remains to be seen. So we'll see what happens with that. Then, of course, our main event was Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, defending the Undisputed Championship against Logan Paul. Logan Paul, I hated that guy with a passion uh, for YouTube, for the stuff that he did on YouTube. And he never really bought into the fact that he became a boxer but and everything like that. However, his wrestling skills have really gotten better. The match he had at WrestleMania when it was him and the Miz against the Mysterios was pretty good. You know, he really took it seriously. The match he had at SummerSlam against the Miz himself, you know, the one-on-one match, that was that was better. This match he had with Roman Reigns in the main event for the world title, I was blown away by it. I was floored by how much he put himself into the match. And then to find out as great of a match that he had, you know, this, this, they, they went back and forth, you know, I had no doubt in my mind that Roman was going to win, but I was like, there's no way they're going to give this kid, Logan Paul, the title, you know, especially in fucking Saudi Arabia, but in everything like that, however, you know, he did, he actually had Roman Reigns reaching for his shit, you know, Roman Reigns looked vulnerable and everything like that. And, you know, it looked, it looked as if that, you know, we're witnessing, you know, somebody coming to their own and really, really step up and rise to the occasion. It's very, very rare when outsiders come in and have a and have a string of matches put together and get better with each one. You know, you had certain guys come in here and try to have they have one match, like when Bad Bunny had the tag team match with it was him and Damian Pierce against um, uh, the Miz and. Uh, John Morrison, which I was blown away by how how in shape and how credible Bad Bunny looked. And the same thing with Logan Paul. Logan Paul, this is his third match on a WWE pay-per-view. 
WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and then now Crown Jewel. You know, I would like to see more from him, but unfortunately, uh, Logan Paul confirmed on his Instagram that uh, he got injured, you know, torn meniscus, torn PCL, and a strained ACL. So, you know, he's probably going to, we're probably not going to see him until after WrestleMania. So, you know, that was kind of unfortunate, but man, that match, you know, with, when the Usos came out and attacked, uh, you know, his little entourage that he had there, and then Jake Paul came out. You know, I thought that was I thought that was kind of cool that Jake Paul came out with his own music and he actually looked like a badass and everything like that. And I was like, damn, WWE is doing a better job of making them look like badasses than they actually do when they step in the ring with these other guys who are either retired or over their or way past their prime. You know, I got nothing but respect for guys like Jake Paul. You know, for what they do in the boxing ring and things like that. I understand he's trying to become like a legit you know, fighter and everything like that, rather than just being a prize fighter, but I gotta take, I gotta, I tip my hat off to Logan Paul, man, I've been a wrestling fan for a long time, and he's one of the very few guys that have come into the WWE as an outsider, and really kind of put on a clinic, you know, he's working with Shawn Michaels, you know, it's unfortunate he got hurt uh, in the match against Roman Reigns, but the match, he, the, the match that he had really, really solidifies the fact that this guy could actually legit become uh, 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 a hell of a wrestler, you know, you know, he's come a long way, you know, I think, he, to be honest, I think he's put in better matches, those three matches that he's had are better than anything that guys like Dominic Mysterio has done, Dominic's okay, you know, when you put him in the ring with guys who can, you know, run the match and everything like that, but, you know, I don't think he has the athletic ability that Logan Paul has to where, Logan Paul, it, it, you know, it's so, you know, he had Roman Reigns to make him look good. He had the Miz to make him look good and everything like that, to say the least. But, you know, this was just something out of the ordinary from from a, from an outsider. And then the, the rumors that he was going to be signed to the WWE. And now that he is signed, I'm kind of impre- I'm, I, I'm kind of anxious to see where he goes from here. Like if he's going to have another match, is he going to have, you know, an out, is he going to have a run or something like that? You know, and things like that. I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, he could actually do in the WWE. But, unfortunately, uh, you know, we got to wait and see, you know, with his injury. You know, I couldn't even, t- I didn't even notice he got injured in the match until, you know, he had, he had posted it on social media. So, you know, we'll see what happens, man. He had a good run. He had a good match against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns still continuing his dominance and everything like that. Uh, I'm not sure what the future holds for Roman Reigns. I know he's ready to take some time off, but um, we'll see what happens. I think if anybody's going to take the titles off of him, it probably have to be somebody, uh, somebody we know and who's already established. Me personally, I think it should be Kevin Owens or even Seth Rollins. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens for the future because you know Survivor Series is coming up in three weeks, and they're bringing back War Games. So we'll see what happens in that. Uh, see what happens in that uh, when that comes around. But um, anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. Uh, if you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, uh, Instagram and Twitter, The Madhouse 21 Let me know what you guys thought about WWE Crown Jewel, whatever the case may be. Let me know. Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse Twenty One. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come. I've just uploaded my results for the uh, 
for the 2022 World Series, Go Strohs. Uh, so be on the lookout for uh, so check that out and then be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.